All right, it's Bartender Journey episode number 30. I'm Vince. I'm here with Venno. What's going on, man? Oh, yeah, get, to get close to that mic now. So what's up, man? I've been uh, working a lot. Got off work at uh, like 3 o'clock in the morning last night, Saturday night. So I'm still trying to wake up. All right, man. <laughs> but, uh, dude, remember our friends from uh, California? And he said he, uh, the owner of the bar, Brian, and he said he bought a party bus. Yeah. The bar where I work now, he, he just bought a bus. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh one of the beer distributors is gonna do the you know, the rap, like the um the big words on the side, you know what I mean? Yep. And and do it up nice. And he's gonna do uh he owns two bars, so he's gonna do a bar swap. So he's gonna, you know, people from one bar go to the other and the regulars from the other bar go to this one, so they do a swap. Oh really? Yeah. And he's doing a trip a trip to a baseball game, you know, a, a major league baseball game and all kinds of stuff. And uh Hopefully he'll just take that bus and once it's done up nice with the name of the place and everything, he'll just drive it around town and, you know, past the competitors and all that. <laughs> I, mean, I thought about when Brian said he... Uh, he went rogue, man. <laughs> he, he hijacked all the all the guests from another bar, right? <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. Swaggerjack. He just walked in there and rolled in there and... <laughs> Come on here. Want to know where the party is? Imagine, Get on the bus. Imagine the owner, like, where the fuck did everybody go? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny, right? The owner's like, I'll be right back. I just got to go to the office for a second. He comes back. Well, what happened? <laughs> so, so, dude, I've been uh, looking at your Twitter, and uh, mm. you're Dr. Demento now with uh, these drinks. What is uh <laughs> What is this Buffalo? What is Buffalo it? Trace is a bourbon. Okay, it's, a, it's actually a good um, good bargain when it comes to bourbon. Bourbons, it's a, it's a uh, it's, it's a good bourbon and it's uh, not crazy expensive. And um, but I picked up this little bottle of maple syrup. It was like you know it's really small and it was it was like I forget twelve bucks or something, but it's fucking delicious. But I just used like a few drops of it in with the Buffalo Trace. And then I made these homemade um, maraschino cherries. Uh-huh. They're not exactly maraschino. I mean, I took real, you know, Bing cherries, cut them in half, got rid of the pit, and soaked them in uh, rum and orange bitters. And uh, what else did I put in there? Maybe just to squeeze a lime, a lemon juice. No, no, I don't think so. But um, yeah, I think it was just the rum and the orange bitters. And they they soaked the cherries soaked in that for like four days, four or five days. And uh, I put some orange bitters in this drink. So it was the Buffalo Trace bourbon. Few drop, few drops of maple syrup. Um, I did put a squeeze of lemon juice in there, and the uh, orange bitters. Oh man, it was good. Let me ask you, with the cherries, if you leave them in longer, is it better? I mean, yeah, they pick up more, uh, more taste. I, I found as as the days went on, you actually tasted the rum a lot more. I mean, it tasted more. You tasted the alcohol more in the in the fruit as the, as the time went on. But boy, were they delicious! Oh, wow. they were so good. And then, oh, you know what else I forgot to tell you? Uh, I mentioned it once, but I don't think I brought it up again. Was my uh, homemade Kahlua, the the uh, coffee liqueur? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good, man. <laughs> it's really good. It it tastes like um, it tastes like Kahlua, but it's a little uh, a little fresher. You too, you really feel the uh, coffee grinds. The, not the you don't feel the grinds, but I mean, it, you just kind of the weight of the coffee, and I, I don't know, it came out real good. So, so was, you're getting into this whole uh, the ingredients and yeah, I'm like the, the mad chef. science, yeah. mad scientist, man. That's cool, man. That's cool. And the bourbon, what's up? I mean, inquiring minds want to know about the bourbon. Oh, the uh, the bourbon in the barrel. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's coming along. I haven't tasted it in a few days, but it's um, you know, it gets a little darker as time goes on and uh, picks up more flavor from the wood, and uh, it's still a little um. I don't want to say it's harsh, but it, it hasn't mellowed really quite yet. Um, but it, you know, I put it in, um, the first of this month. So we're talking about 
what is it? You know, it's been in there like three weeks or whatever, four, three weeks about. So uh, that's not long in the in the when you're talking about aging spirits. You know, three weeks is nothing. So, wow. so uh, as time, you know, I just take a couple of drops because you know I'm interested in how it evolves over time. You know, yeah. so I just take a couple of drops, put it in this nice whiskey tasting glass that I got at the same place where I bought the bourbon. It's a uh, Tuttle Hill Distilleries. If you're interested, you can look that up. It's called. Uh, wow. They make uh, Hudson whiskey, Hudson, excuse me, Hudson bourbon. Uh, that, well, they have a few different whiskeys. So, but it's it's good stuff. Good stuff. Wow. If for you know. If you could, for the listeners, like if you had to break down bourbon, that bartenders would to know, like just real simple you facts. Mean, oh, so facts just, about it? Yeah, just. Um, yeah, I put a link to it on our website last week. Bourbon is a subset of whiskey, right? So you have you have whiskey, you have Irish whiskey, you have Scotch, Scottish whiskey, and bourbon. To be called to call your bourbon, excuse me, to call your whiskey bourbon, there's these certain requirements. First of all, it has to be made with 51 percent corn. Ma- you know the mash it's called the, the 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 thing that ferments the alcohol so at least 51 percent has to be uh corn uh you know rye whiskey generally generally comes from canada but not necessarily um but that's made with rye like rye bread you know in this case we're using corn at least 51 percent, and then it has to be aged in a brand new oak barrel so uh that barrel is only used once the barrel's not thrown out they use it for other purposes like making tequila for one thing and uh, even scotch. But um, those, I don't know. Those are just a couple of the That's interesting cool. facts. Yeah. And, and there's like six different requirements. There's um, some other things. And a lot of a lot of people don't know this. Um, well, there's a lot of misconceptions about bourbon. A lot of people think it has to be made in Kentucky. That's not true. Although you can have Kentucky bourbon, right, which is made in Kentucky. But Kentucky is the only state that's allowed to, to call it with their state name and then bourbon. It's it's okay. just all these old rules that go back hundreds of years, oh, <laughs> not hundreds, but like 150 years before prohibition, anyway. And uh, like a strong union, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but um, another misconception is that um, Jack Daniels is a bourbon, and it's not. It's 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 not oak, it's not aged in those oak barrels. It's a different process. So would that be like a um, Tennessee whiskey? It's classified as a sour mash Tennessee whiskey, and the reason. It can't be called a bourbon is because it's not aged in the brand new oak barrels like yeah. I was talking about. It's actually run over like um, uh, imagine those old wood things like you would see um, in a gold mine, like a, yeah. a bunch of wood that's been charred and they just kind of run it like a waterfall almost through it. And, you know, not that that's better or worse, but it's a, you can't call it bourbon if you're making it that way. I'm also seeing here that um, Jack Daniels is the number one selling American whiskey in the world. So that's wow. That's something. <laughs> they make a lot of it, I guess. Popular. Yeah, yeah, it is. So let's uh, change gears here a little bit. I met a guy. We were talking about um, Gandolfini, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the other day at the bar, I met a guy who actually used to bartend with James Gandolfini in, in Manhattan. He, he bartended? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he was saying, and this guy, he was um, he was a re- retired cop, NYPD, and uh, but he bartended before he uh, before he became a cop. We were talking about it, and he, and he goes, and uh, I hadn't seen him in like 15 years. And then uh, I got invited somehow to this uh, event where he was at, and you know, he goes, Gandolfini saw me from the across the room, and he comes over, he gives me a big hug and a kiss, and he says, "How are you?" You know, he's just everybody says he was the nicest yeah, guy, and you know, it was no, it was no shit. So, um, so then he says, "We're having an uh, HBO event." Gandolfini says to this guy, "We're having an HBO event coming up. Come with your wife, whatever." 
And uh, so he's telling his wife this. She's like, you're full of shit. He goes, watch, Gandolfini, you come over from across the room, give me a big hug. And uh, he's, she's going, he's not even going to say hello to you. <laughs> and he says, sure enough, he came over. And it was a fancy party of that. You know, it was a super wow. elegant event, you know. So that, that was kind of a neat little story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a shame. But it's, it's uh, I, I don't think I had heard that before, the Gandolfini bartender. I never Manhattan. heard that. I, heard, I remember him, I saw him on the Actors Guild, and uh-huh. he, worked at a, uh, he worked at a nightclub. At a nightclub, well, yeah, I, I don't know. He managed the nightclub. Oh, okay, but I don't That's know. That's interesting. Guy, yeah. According to this guy, he was you know a great bartender because he had yeah. such a big personality and he was yeah. such a great guy. That's cool, man. But it's uh, thirty shows in the can, dude. Yeah, can you believe that? Thirty shows. It's, uh, <laughs> what are we gonna do when we get to a year? Mm. I, you know what? We, when to answer that, take this bitch to the next level. <laughs> there I mean, you go. I mean, but. Uh, you know, thirty shows. I mean, we covered a lot, man. So much insight, stories, advice, and it's like a map for bartenders. Yeah. Well, what we're hearing a lot is um, people that are looking to become bartenders or, or just started are searching us out. Either uh, it's uh, you know, I'm proud of what we we have done. Yeah. I'm really am proud. And I hope that um, people that are coming into the show late, you know, go back to the beginning and listen to them all. Yeah. There, was, there was a little glitch where you could only get um, the most recent 20, but I, yeah. I fixed that now. Yeah. So you can get, you can get all the way back to the uh, first episode and um, yeah, check it out. You know, it's not like it's information that's ex- expiring in any way, you know, it's, uh, it, they're all worth listening to, um, you know, straight through. So talking about old shows, I tweeted this the other day. I, I'm I just happened to. I was thinking about your wild turkey story, and I went back and listened to that show. It's number fifteen. If if you uh, haven't heard that show, you should go back and listen to the uh, Thank you, your story about the old gentleman who drank wild turkey. That was a good story. And we're trying to. Uh, I'd like to. Uh, if anybody has any contacts with the Wild Turkey Company, <laughs> we we, we kind of like to uh, see if we can't uh, get that story across to them somehow, and uh, maybe co-brand something somehow. Anyway, so. Um, I appreciate that. That was very uh, nice. Yeah, so go back. If you haven't heard show 15, go back and listen to that. Thank you. And mm. you could really, you could start from the beginning of the show to show number 30. Yeah. And you, you could just keep re-listening to it yeah. and go out there and bartend. Yeah. Well, you see, you'll see our journey too because we started, uh, I mean, me personally anyway, going to these different events and stuff and uh, reading books and uh, I've, I've really... Um, evolved i feel as a bartender and and uh and learning about di- different ingredients and the the spirit knowledge like you say and the uh just cooking up all these weird different things you know it's fun i mean you know when we used to work the weddings together what you know it was jack and coke gin and tonic you know they were real simple things you know but i'm i'm, I'm really interested in uh higher level stuff now you know yeah. you know not that there's anything wrong with that but <laughs> no, I mean, oh guess where i'm going saturday where to a wedding <laughs> it'll be the first wedding oh wow it'll, uh, as a guest you know oh, but wow. it'll be the first wedding i've been to since uh i worked at that big catering hall where we sometimes did what four or five weddings in a weekend <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> so, a day. Mean, you did, yeah, yeah it could, that place could potentially do six weddings in one day yeah <laughs> 
It was like Vegas. You were in like one room crazy. for like 12 hours. It was crazy. Remember how they, they used to set up the tables with the silverware and the glasses and everything in the next room and they, to, to turn the room over to do two weddings in the same room in one day? They'd have everything set up in the in you know in, a, in the storeroom or the stock room or whatever, uh, or the tables like all ready to go, and they just carry carry the old dirty ones out, bring the new ones in, all ready to go. <laughs> I, was, I always thought that was funny. You know, since you bring up that place, <laughs> this this story's been in my head for like since we did the show, and I never wanted to talk about it because it, it means nothing. The story mm-hmm. there's no there's nothing remarkable. Like the wild turkey, like I'm, yeah. that's my stairway to heaven. This <laughs> this story right here is as deep as a puddle, but I, I have to get it out of my head. Okay, and I'm just and just humor me, and then we'll move on. But remember the bridal expos we used to do? I somehow avoided those. Okay, they I, sucked. Yeah, but it was always Super Bowl Sunday, which yeah. I thought made no sense at all. So there's yeah. a, a bunch of guys don't want to be there in the first place, yeah. and it's Super Bowl Sunday. It, and you know what? Sorry to interrupt your story, hijack your story, but I, I did work. I did work at least one of them, maybe two. And I, I remember every single time the couple would be there, they'd walk up to the bar. It was the same thing over and over again. And you know the guy's like, and the, and the girl's like, can I have a Pinot Grigio and a Jack and Coke, please? And she would always pay. Yeah. And and the guy was dragged behind, you know, like he was on a leash. Well, like, they, they, like then they had the man cave, and I used to bar. It was in yeah. the other room, yeah. and they had the TV with the football game, so uh-huh. the guys could go there, and then the girls. Could... <laughs> but uh, I worked this event, and a lot of people would go because you have a free buffet. Yeah. It's like seven dollars to get in, yeah. and there's some people who just go for the food. Right, but so like again, and please, this story has nothing, in it, but I just have <laughs> to get it out of my head. So um, this guy comes in. He he was an odd looking dude. He, clearly there for the food, <laughs> you know. And he he looked like the, you ever see the farmer picture with the guy holding the pitchfork? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like that. He was a yeah. skinny guy. He had like red suspenders, and mm-hmm. he looked he looked out there. So he. <laughs> He's like eating and he comes up to me and he, he has his own bottle and he, he asks me to fill the water. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Then he, he, he asks me for like, is there a water fountain? Yeah. And I'm like, no, there's not a water fountain. I'm like, look at him. I'm like, what is this guy? A fucking idiot. So I'm like, you know, if you want water, sir, you know, I, I'm here for you. Dude, we, he went on a fucking rant yeah. that there was no water fountain. And he started quoting like laws <laughs> and then this enraged me, like that you're this man over a water fountain. I'm like, I got a, I got water right here. <laughs> What's the issue? Did we, 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 what thing that we argued? We had a debate <laughs> over a water fountain <laughs> for five fucking minutes. <laughs> and then finally, I look at him. I'm like, listen, do you want a drink? I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> because I'm like, this guy's this clearly this upset. <laughs> Over a fucking water fountain at a bar. I've never heard of anything so stupid in my fucking life. Who the fuck would ask for a water fountain at a fucking bar? Yeah. Dude, that he, is a weird story. He, yeah, so then I offer him the drink, dude, and he walks away. He didn't want it. He fucking walks away. And you know what, dude? It's funny. Like, how I'm able to remember all this shit is that I have a journal. And yeah. what I do is I just go through them and I think of stuff that I can add to the show. Uh-huh. And this... But this story right here, man, I'm always thinking of it. And it has no meaning. You're right. I, I like story to go has on nothing a, to do with anything. Yeah, I, I, I got to go on a couch and uh, talk to somebody and ask what, 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 what hidden meaning is behind this right. shit over a water fountain. But that's my And that's it. And I'm putting that shit to bed. And let's move on, sir. On something I was thinking about that is relevant. Could you imagine 
what bartending will be like in 25 years, a mm. master bartender. I don't know. Well, it hasn't changed all that much in the last hundred oh, years. I mean, on. well, I mean, look what we have now. Look at look at uh, well, these bartenders that are you know, yeah, some of these Vegas bartenders and but yeah, I mean, I, I see your point. But on the other hand, it's it's always that there's the bar, there's the customer, there's a the bartender. Yeah, what can I get for you? You mix it well, up. Well, I'm, I'm saying it's master bartender, not okay. my bar. Like okay. what I envision, and and this is great. Well, people can refer to this. I see it as something that's going to be like the the, the complete renaissance bartender, where mm-hmm. music, acting, spoken word, chefs, total skilled labor. And I predict that bartending school mm-hmm. will be like a like a like an institute. That that people you will have to like devote a year or two yeah. to go to bartending school because it's just like as an for owners, I mean it's just like you're you're total and I think bartending will be entertainment. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what I envision because I see, like we talk about the show. The more I research, the more I realize how many holes I have in my game as a bartender. Right. I just think that it's just completely evolving. Like hey bartender, look at the Japanese the, the heart shake man. Yeah. You see all this stuff that people are doing that it's just it's just I don't know man but I I really I I think about that like I I like devoted like 10 minutes to thinking like where in 25 years or 20 years from now what what will you know be a master bartender like what skill level look I think of fighting I think of like mixed martial arts when I first started you know being in the martial arts where it was just like one discipline mm-hmm. and then if you look at fighting today Right. As a mixed martial artist, it is night and day compared to when I was a kid where you had one discipline, you were a badass. A, f- a fighter today, mm. it's like the Matrix, man. Yeah. They do it all. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying like it's just a, a – look at technology, dude. Look at the simple cell phone back from 1999 yeah. to your phone in 2013. <laughs> you know? Well, speaking about – um bartending schools evolving and, and higher level stuff that you can learn. Here's something uh, people might learn from. There's something called Bar Smarts, and it's a course you can take online, and it's like, it's, I want to say it's it's way less than $100 if you take it online. And um, this program is run, Dale DeGroff's involved with this, but you can take it online or you can do it in person. And they run it. The day before Tales of the Cocktail starts in New Orleans. Okay. So I met this guy who had just taken this course. There's, there's two types. You can take it totally online or you learn learn online and then there's a practical um, practical portion to the thing um, down in New Orleans. And they do it in a few different cities occasionally. But he was like, this was unbelievable. I'm making – he says, I'm making a drink for Dale DeGroff, you know, who's like the, the – father of the revolution of the cocktail and uh he said it was incredible and it, it was i think i think the online course i want to say is 29 dollars, and the practic the uh in-person one is like 75 it's, it's amazing amazing deal so if you're if you're looking for next level bartending schools this is that's it, man. A, i would definitely this do is that. yeah I, I, you know and i i'd heard about this before and i said i didn't realize they did it at, in new orleans right before tales of the cocktail if i did i definitely want to take i, I want to do it next year but um, you can do it online, and I'm like, I don't know, something about it. I really want to do it. If I would do this, I want to do it in in person. You know, I don't want to do it 100 uh, totally online. So yeah. I'm gonna try and do that next year. It's called uh, Bar Smarts. I think it's great. I would definitely do that. I would tell you, I would do both. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought about that too. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
No, that's great. You definitely, uh, you should tweet that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, you know, when I was looking at, um, I talked about like a, a journal that I've kept over years, bartending. I had this section in there and it was called, I, I was like, because I'm reading my handwriting and I would, I would write really quick from, you know, a gig and it was martini can make or break you. Hmm. And I was like, what is this about? And then I started, I had like bullet points. And uh, it, I started thinking, and I just had like vodka gin up around the rocks, question mark, question mark. And I put guy walked away mad at me. So I started thinking <laughs> about, first of all, like, you know, you should always ask vodka or gin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it's, it's historically made with gin. Yeah. Most people want vodka. Yeah. And the issue that I had was with up around the rocks. Mm. And the issue is <laughs> when you say to a customer up around the rocks, they say on the rocks, and I found that most of them really wanted it up. Yeah. it's. I don't know if you even call it a martini once it's on the rocks. So <laughs> I um, I used to go through this, and it was funny where, like, then it was like I, I couldn't win because then people would be like, I would explain to them, and like once a few times people were like, I get the concept of up around the rocks. Thank you. I want it on the rocks. And then there's times where I would put it on the rocks, and they look at me like I'm crazy. So I started, like... Like social intelligence, when they had that befuddled look in their eyes, yeah. I would rephrase it saying, would you like me to chill and strain it? Mm-hmm. Or would you like it on the rocks? <laughs> because the martini is like, it's like the stamp yeah. with drinks. And I, when I, if you go, go out, most people shake the martini. I know, I know. Even, and now I got to tell you something, watching Master Bartit. See, you went on all these seminars. Yeah. I started really you taking advantage of YouTube and watching a lot of master bartending classes, mm-hmm. videos. And I thought I was doing something clever, which really wasn't. Mm. When I would make the martini, I wouldn't shake it. I'd do this. Yeah. No. Right? And you can't do that. No. You got to either take the. Yeah, he's the, just uh, <laughs> visual. I'm, yeah. Visually swirling. I'm, I, t- it I would take a shaker hand. and I would just swirl it in my hand. I'm not yeah. shaking it, thinking that I'm yeah. doing the right thing. It's not going to get cold enough that way. And uh, from the, you know, you need a straw in there. To swirl it, yeah, bar spoon, or use it, you know, the mixing stick. I like, yeah, I like the. Um, you know what I like is the is the back side of the bar spoon. I hold, you know, I hold it sort of upside down, yeah. and, and use the other side to stir, and that that, that works real well. Mm-hmm. There was something interesting in the Dale DeGroff book um, about martinis. He said the ice or the, the the water that's infused into the martini is part of the drink. You know, taking a bottle of gin or vodka and put it in the freezer, yeah, it'll get cold. But is that going to taste like a martini? No. You know, it's a totally different consistency. It doesn't have the water in it that comes from the melting ice. And it's going to, it's, it's not going to be the same at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and that, that comes up too with these, um, at these big cocktail shows and the, the events that I've been going to and things, or they call it batch, making batch cocktails. Cause they'll, you know, they'll make gallons of this stuff, you know, for a big crowd. But what they're not doing is putting it in a shaker and shaking it with ice or stirring it with ice. So um, they actually add some water to it, to this batch cocktail, because um, it needs that water that it would have gotten from shaking in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in, in the shaker. And, you know, and then they'll take that and put it in a big walk-in refrigerator or whatever so it's the right temperature. But you got to add some water to it because it, it never sees, it, it never goes through that process of being shaken or stirred with the ice. So uh, I, th- I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And, then, and there was, I forget where I was reading, online somewhere, uh, the, the debate about how much water you need to add, whether it's 10%, 15 That's 20%. That's deep, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, see? it's deep. And I see, I've seen that many times at these cocktail shows, these big batches of cocktails. 
you know, because they're serving to 100 people or more. And, uh, you know, you don't you don't have a shaker that big. <laughs> well, no, we did it. We, we worked with signature yeah. drinks for yeah, big some, weddings. Sometimes, yeah. We'd, well, I, we'd make them in pictures. I would did, you know, if it was like a, um, a Blue Yankee or some weird thing. <laughs> and it was like they made up the ingredients. Yeah, they, or they made, named they it after themselves. Yeah, and so name it after the bride or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> something silly. But uh, I was thinking of something else. I was, you know, like I was thinking about the martini that I wrote down. And an issue that I had when I first started was the Gibson versus the Gimlet. Mm-hmm. That the owner where we used to work, he he had a big event one time, mm-hmm. and uh, he you know when he would have parties, you know you would always volunteer for those. No one yeah. ever want to work. <laughs> yeah. So his friend wanted a uh, Gibson, mm-hmm. but I made a Gimlet. Oh. <laughs> and I never forget. Now, now listen, stop. For any listeners out there that know the difference between a Gibson or a Gimlet, it's mm-hmm. very impressive. You're doing your research. Yeah. But a Gibson is just basically the same as a martini, but you garnish it with three onions instead of olives. Instead right? of olives. Yeah. And then a gimlet is a vodka lime, uh, with lime juice with a lime garnish. And I, I made it this one time, and I made <laughs> a gimlet, and the guy drank it and like spit it out <laughs> in front of the owner. Oh. And the owner looked at me so disgusted. Oh, man. He was disgusted. And I, you know, not that I was intimidated yeah. by this guy, and I wasn't. Yeah. I was just more like upset that he was, he was upset. Like yeah. he, he looked at me like I was, like I just robbed him. <laughs> Like he was disgusted, you know. So uh, it's you know, you know. I have a funny story that relates to that. The uh, before I started working there uh, at that catering hall, I went in there for an event, and uh, you know I had no idea that I was ever going to work there at that point. <laughs> so I I ordered a Gibson, and uh, the bartender. It had to be. I don't remember it specifically. It had to be the guy that we were talking about. Was it last week? That yeah. carries the twenty-two on his ankle. Yep. <laughs> it had to be him <laughs> because he's like, he's like, oh no. I'll, I, he said, I don't have any onions. I said, well, no, you know, a regular martini's fine. He said, no, no, I'll go get him. And he ran, he ran in the back, comes out with this big, you know, what is it like a quart jar? The yeah. onions never been opened. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was probably the first one to order, order yeah. one in ten years, and uh, and he made it. It was great, you know, but. Uh, it was just funny. I, I And I told him that story once we started working together. <laughs> he says, I don't remember that, but it uh, sounds like something I would do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> speaking of that guy, like, when, he, when I first started, he uh, he says, you know how cool this is? He goes, you can drink here. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. He had such a smile on his face. He goes, people give you money. They tell you, great, and you can drink a drink if you want. Which, I know. Just the way he was, dude, he just... Like I said, man, just a great, great bartender, man. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll close this up. Uh, you know how to get a hold of us, right? Please uh, feel free to get a hold of us. To We'd like to have you on our show, maybe. Interview, interviews. We'd like to uh, hear your progress if, and, uh, and hear how you've discovered us and any feedback on uh, stuff we post or whatever. So uh, it's vince.bartender at gmail.com or on Twitter at barkeeptips. Yes, and you can reach me at Vance Vano at Twitter, and you can email me at bartender2222 at gmail.com. And don't forget our website. It's Bartender Journey, no space or dot or anything. Then a dot, Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. So bartenderjourney.weebly.com. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Cheers.